Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're looking at the subject of healing today. I want to start in verse 10, then go back to verse 9. Jesus says in verse 10, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Now I want you to notice two things. Jesus starts with words and finishes with works. Did you see that? Okay, so whatever He says and whatever He does is His Father's will. Can I say it this way? Jesus was the will of God in action. Amen? And I need you to receive stuff today. Okay, we're going to take a little journey and you need to receive everything. It's from the Bible. I'm not trying to rope you into anything. But you need to receive as we go. Hallelujah. So I want you to understand that Jesus demonstrated God's will. He spoke everything that God wanted said. And so whatever He did, whatever He said, whatever He did, was the Father speaking and was the Father doing. Can I get an amen on that? Alright. That's the reason why in verse 9, in the previous verse, Jesus says, Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus said, if you've seen me, can I add to that if you've heard me, you've heard the Father, if you've seen me, whatever I am doing, that is what the Father would be doing if He were right here. Amen? Now, we can see the will of God very clearly in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23. So what was Jesus doing? That was God's will. What was the will of God in action? Let's have a look. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So this was the will of God in action. Teaching, preaching, healing. Now I, I don't want you to sit there and say, I know this. Tell me something I don't know. Okay, I know your head knows it. But today I need your heart to receive it. Because that's where the miracle is going to take place. Amen? It's not what you know up here. It's what you receive in here. Are you all with me? Amen? Now evidence of this is seen in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16. It says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Notice, he cast out demons and healed them. Whatever the problem was, if it was demon-related, if it was just a physical healing, it didn't matter. He took care of both realms. Amen? Because sometimes people go, well, you know, I don't know if it's this or that. Who cares? We'll do both. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? So, and I think that's very key. He said... Two things. He cast out the spirit and he healed the sick. Whatever demonic operation was in that person, whether spiritual or physical, it was all taken care of. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Amen? So this was according to a prophecy. Now this is actually given in Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. It says, Surely... Think of the first word. We race past that first word, but it is so important. 
There was no question. We questioned it. They didn't. He said, surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. Or by God and afflicted. In other words, we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But, here's the big but. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or punishment for our peace was upon him. There was a price to be paid even for our peace. And wait for it. And by his stripes, wounds and bruises. Some translation says, we are Healed. Can I ask you a question? Seems like a dumb question. Is that Old Testament or New? Oh, okay, maybe that wasn't such a... It's Old Testament. Listen to me. It was God's will in the Old Testament to heal people. Why are we having such a problem in the New Testament? Why is everybody coming up with an excuse of, Oh no, that passed away with the prophets and apostles. It didn't start with them. They were raising people from the dead before Jesus came. Can we start there please? Because this is stupid. Okay? In Isaiah, it said, Surely, there's no question. Why are the theologians in the New Testament questioning it? How dumb is that? When the Bible says surely, it's a surely. It's not if brother so and so agrees. Okay? If brother God says surely, is surely. It's the end. Amen. I need you to get this because if you don't get this and if you don't receive it, you're going to let other things and it's amazing how things float around on the inside of us. And just come and just take away things from us very, very quietly, very subtly. It deceives us. What are the two qualities of the devil? Subtlety and deception. And we just miss those things. We just allow it to play around in us. And we think, yeah, but no, there's no buts. That's right. The only but here is but he was wounded for our transgression. Yeah. It was a good but. Amen? So we need to understand that surely at the beginning that there is no question about this. And we need to understand that a price was paid for everything that you had need of way back then. They prophesied it was coming. And they received it on credit. We get it after the fact. And we're still arguing with it. I mean, how dumb is that? In Psalm 103, and verses 1 through 3, David writes, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Look at one of the benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Another Old Testament scripture. Amen. David knew not to go now. You know, maybe there's some diseases we keep. And some, because God's going to teach us something. And then other ones, you know, God will heal by His sovereignty. If there's any sovereignty, you would have healed what? All your diseases. The problems with sovereignty is your will. The thing is sovereign. And everything we blame on God's sovereignty is actually your sovereignty. You want to know about sovereignty? That's what it is. You're the problem. (laughs) 
don't take it personally. But you know, I'm trying to, well, if it is, take it personally. And change, hallelujah. Just go, that's it. If my will is sovereign, then I will to change. Now you've changed. Amen. All right. I, I was reading some of the commentaries and they said, you know, talking about faith preachers. It's very easy to criticize, isn't it, when you're not doing anything. You know, they said, well, you know, when Jesus laid hands on the sick, they recovered immediately. Let those faith preachers that say they're faith preachers do the same. My question is, have you laid hands on anything and got anything healed? Or are you one of those that don't believe? You think it passed away. You know why? Because it's convenient to have it pass away. Because then there's no responsibility on you to do anything. You just sit there and play mind games with people. Amen. Paul preached the word with power. You need both the word and the power. You need both working together. He confirmed his word with signs following. Not with amazing arguments. It is so important that we get a hold of this. That we understand that this isn't about just the word. It is about God's power. It isn't just about what you know, it's about what is manifesting in your life. We're going to deal with that in a minute. I want to share this on two levels today. I want to share this today on the level of both the minister and the one being ministered to. Okay? So I don't want you to sit there and go, I don't need it. Yes, you do. If you're well, then you need to know how to minister to somebody. You need to know what to use, and you need to know how to approach it, and you need to know that it's going to work. Amen? In 1 Peter 2.24, so you might say, well, but that is an Old Testament scripture. Let's go to the New Testament, shall we? Alright, so we've seen it in the Gospel. We've seen it in the Old Testament. Now let's go to the New Testament. Every single one of those talks about healing. In the New Testament, 1 Peter 2.24, all of us, word of faith, know this one. Who his own self bore our sin in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Interesting, isn't it? Isaiah said, you are healed. Pete looks back and says, you were healed. It's done. It's finished. Price has been paid. You are already healed. Whatever your problem you have now, it's trespassing. It doesn't have a right to be on you. Because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Those temples don't have sickness in them. The reason for this is brought out in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Where the Apostle Paul says, Christ, I'm just going to read the first part. Has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Christ has redeemed us. He didn't leave us. He redeemed us. Amen? There was redemption in his death. You know what redeem means? To buy back. Adam sold us out, man. (laughs) Okay? Basically. And Jesus bought us back. He redeemed us. You know, when you get something back, it's back. It's finished. You belong to a different kingdom. Amen. That's Colossians, alright? We're not going there today, but... Alright. In 1 John 3.8, it says, For this purpose... The Son of God was manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. So, remember again, Jesus Christ is what? The will of God in action. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest. To do what? Not to help the devil. Not to get the devil to help him. But to destroy the works of the devil. 
I want you to get that word destroy. You know when you destroy something, usually there's nothing left. It's destroyed. It's not broken. It's not a little wonky. It's destroyed. Jesus came to destroy whatever work that the devil was doing in anyone. Whatever problem anybody had, he came to destroy it. Not to leave anything behind that could be resurrected. See, when we receive our healing, and I want you to receive something today. If this carries over to next week, so be it. Oh, but brother, you're not meant to to pray for people twice. Because that's unbelief. I have a scripture for you, wait for the end. (laughs) Of greater significance to us is what Jesus said just before he left. In Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. I told you this is both for the people that are ministering healing and the people that are receiving healing. You need to know both sides. Because the one receiving needs to understand that there is an action on both sides that's required. Amen? And you can't just step back and go, well, let's see what you can do for me. You know, that's not fair in the guy that's praying for you. You know the problem Jesus had in his own hometown? They didn't believe. They just refused to believe. God manifested in the flesh, was standing there, and they refused to believe. That's as dumb as you can get. Some people today just like that, but I won't go any further. Mark chapter 16, it says in verses 17 and 18, listen carefully. And these signs shall follow. Let's just go with this slowly, okay? And these signs shall follow. What follows? Signs follow. What do they follow? Them that believe. Let me stop here for a minute. Please get this today. I want you to get this revelation. I'll be thrilled if you catch this. You know how you can tell if you believe? There are signs. If you don't have signs, you're still not believing. You're like the rechargeable battery that isn't charged enough to get the energizer bunny going. You have a little charge, but the little guy goes, mm, and that's it. Back in the recharger, please. Battery doesn't have enough charge. Now the battery has the potential to get energizer bunny going and ongoing and going and it never stops. But only when the battery is charged. Battery isn't faulty, it's just not charged. If there's not a sign, go get charged. That's believing and compass. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. And you need to say to yourself, whatever you need to say to yourself, till faith comes. Amen? You keep speaking it. Don't, don't stand there and go, oh, I don't have any faith. Well, you don't want to get that going in your life. Because that's going backwards. That's using up whatever little charge you have. You're flattening your own battery, dummy. Okay? okay? You want to charge the thing, not flatten the thing further. So when it's down, see, it's a stupid person that will take a perfectly good rechargeable battery, put it in something, and go, oh, it's not working, and throw it in the bin. That's when you come and just straight up the back of the head and go, what is wrong with you? Put it in the charger. And don't take it out three minutes later. It's not ready. Some people, I confessed it for three whole minutes. Nothing happened. Oh, really? That's a real shock to me. I'm so shocked I'm going to... No, no, okay, no. I won't say that. Are you getting this? And these signs will follow. 
those who believe. Who said this? Jesus said this. I want you to imagine Jesus standing right in front of you now. Forget me for a minute, please. I want you to see Jesus. It's a dusty road. Close your eyes for a minute. Don't go to sleep. If you start snoring, I'll know. All right? (laughs) I want you to see yourself. It's a little dusty road in front of you. Jesus is standing there. He looks at you and He says, you're waiting for Him to say something. Whatever He's going to say is going to be phenomenal. And He says to you, these signs will follow those who believe. Can you see Him saying that to you? He's not lying. You're not going to say, but God, that's not the place to interrupt. He's saying to you, these signs, do you understand signs? Manifestations. Things you can see. Things you can measure. These signs will follow those who believe. He's going to look at you and say, do you believe? Now you can't lie to Him. If you say, God, I don't know. You know what? Start confessing. What do I confess? Confess, I have great faith. Hallelujah. I want to have faith that amazes you, Jesus. Jesus marveled at the centurion's faith and said, I have not seen such great faith. No, not in Israel. Wow, you are going to have that faith. Can you receive that now? Okay, so I want you to do this. I want you to see Jesus saying, and these signs will follow those who believe. I believe I have great faith. You getting this? Don't stop then go, I don't know if I faith. Don't go there please. In the charger. Amen? Get in the charger. And you say, thank you God, I confess that I have great faith. Do you know what that will do? It will do whatever it takes for you to get great faith. That's not you just... You can open your eyes now for a minute. That's not you just saying something in a vacuum that nothing else is going to happen. Things will start to take place to bring you great faith. You'll start listening to things. You'll start getting a hunger for things. You'll put your hand on the thing that you need to get great faith. For you. Each one will be different. If you call the end result, it's up to God to see that it happens. If it is in line with His Word, is it in line with His Word? Absolutely. Jesus said, am I going to find faith on this earth when I come back? He said, yeah. Great faith! (laughs) Amen? Not the little faith. There's no rebuking here, just marveling. Amen. For the right reason. You know, he also marveled when they didn't believe anything. He's like, wow, okay. That's a bad wow. Amen. I want him to go, wow. Now that's what I died for. We forget sometimes, don't we? He paid for this with his life. Amen. Think we can work a little bit? Let's talk about work for a minute. This is for another series, but let me just teach it to you. For, can I take just 30 seconds? Get this quickly. Do you know what your work is? To labor in the Word. It isn't toil. The curse brought toil. Okay? The works that you do are whatever God wants you to do. 
You need to understand to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's your work. And all the stuff that people are toiling for, all that stuff will get added unto you. Did you get that one? I don't have time to preach it to you today. Just get it. Okay. <laughs> okay. There is a difference. There's work and there's toil. Your work now is in the kingdom. People are toiling to get stuff. You work at what God tells you to work at. Seek first His kingdom and His right way of doing things. And everything that everybody else is fighting and scratching and toiling for will be added to you. Amen. Including your healing. While people are fighting to see this doctor and get that specialist and everything else, you work in the Word and you receive your healing. It gets added to you. Amen? He says here, And these signs shall follow those that believe. Now watch the next thing. In my name, he says, They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Can I skip some of those middle bits and deal with the first and the last thing? These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's the sign. These signs will follow your believing. You believe, and you cast out devils, don't talk to it. Don't play with paper bags and dumb things. You know, people say cough three times in the paper bag. You know, just don't go there with that stuff. Okay? That's like the seven sons of Skiva. Or like the Indian fellow said, ah, the sons of Siva. No, <laughs> read your Bible, dude, read. That was a mistranslation. Who knows how they translate their Bible? <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry about that. All right. Okay. All right. We're not playing games with this. Amen. It says that in my name. Now, watch, watch this very carefully. Listen to this very carefully. Both for the person praying for the person being healed and the person receiving their healing. Notice how simple this is. In my name, in the name of Jesus, alright, two things. Watch, he says, they shall cast out devils. In the name, they shall cast out devils. In the name of Jesus, I cast you out. Do you need to know its name? Why it lie to you? God may give you a revelation about what's in there. But who cares? End of the day, it needs to get out. Be simple in your prayer. In the name of Jesus, get out. End of story. Okay? What happens if it doesn't get out? Do it again. You know, some of them are hard of hearing. Some days, it's like that stain. You get to keep scrubbing until it comes off. Are you all here? It'll hang on and hang on and hang on. You no, know, it's not stopping until you leave. You let go. In the name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Get out. You know, somebody did that for about an hour and a half for one of their relatives before the thing left. Are we willing to go the distance? You know, our mind wanders. And it's amazing. The devil will do everything he can to get you to wander off. Have you found that? That you, you start to attack something and you're off with the pixies. And you think, what am I doing here? Get back to this. There's your battle. That's your battle. Distraction. Amen? And it says here, In my name they shall cast out devils. Watch the other thing. In my name, in the name of Jesus. Now watch this. It says they shall lay hands on the... Jesus said this. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. 
So what you do, what does this not say? What it doesn't say is you talking about the sickness, you describing it anyway, you doing anything other than in the name of Jesus, watch, watch the things, they shall lay hands on the sick, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you want to say anything after that, you can say, be healed. But that's it. In the name of Jesus, in my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So there's a word that is spoken and a hand that is laid. So in my name, they shall lay hands. In the name of Jesus, those are the two things. And what's meant to happen? They recover. Can I say this to you? Do you know why Jesus made it that easy? Because there are going to be so many people that need healing that you won't have time to carry on for half an hour because somebody might die in that time. You have enough time to say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Are you getting this? And you have to have faith that what Jesus said, He will do. He said, in my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. No ifs, no ands, no buts. That's us. Now, listen to me. I don't know if I can do that. Fair enough. Good. Locate yourself and then go and meditate on the scripture. You let Jesus talk to you. Let him speak to you. Go to John 14, 12. I I need to show you something else. John 14, verses 12 through 14. Jesus says, most assuredly, he's saying, listen, this is a surety. Remember, surely he has born. We got another surely happening here, okay? He says, most assuredly, I say to you. You know why he said that? Because people won't assuredly believe it. They're going, are you sure? Okay, (laughs) so to cut around that, are you sure? He said, most assuredly, I say to you, listen, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do. Because I go to the Father. Verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, Remember? In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. Not the Father will do. Another problem we have is we're praying, Father, heal the person. Did you get that? Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. These are to do with the works now. Now there are things you ask the Father for yourself. I want an iPod. Well, that's not Jesus is going to give you an iPod. Father will give you an iPod. If there are personal needs, your Father knows that you have need of them before you ask. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? That's God the Father. He'll take care of all that stuff. So He'll dress you. He'll look after you, but Jesus needs to go with you. Because when you lay hands and use His name, He will heal. Did you get that? Because he's the one that was healing to begin with. And he went around all Galilee, teaching, preaching, and healing. He did it. He knows how. It didn't say the Father was doing it. Jesus said, the works that I see him doing, that's the stuff I'll do. So the Father does it in the Spirit, but Jesus does it out here. And we need it to happen out here. And we need the one that He healed them all, working inside to get the person healed that's in front of you. So there's no question about healing there now. You might say, yeah, but what about if there's sin? and You know, you're about to heal them and you know there's something wrong in their life. Do you know what Jesus did? 
Look at the man at the pool of Bethesda. Healed the guy and said, don't do the stuff you've been doing. Because something worse is going to come on you. You know, that guy rolled over on Jesus in a second after he got healed. When we get to that, we'll see that. Of course, there's another guy, a blind guy. Oh, he rolled over on the Pharisees. <laughs> oh, oh, one, one just did Jesus such a disfavor. The guy the pool of Bethesda, you know, he was an ornery, horrible person. Jesus healed him still. Interesting, isn't it? Because the, the religious leaders looking to persecute Jesus. And they said, who asked you to carry your bed? You know, he found that it was Jesus and ran back to them. He knew they weren't going to worship him. There was no reverence there when they asked, who gave you permission to carry your bed? And so he runs on and says, it's him! I can just see Jesus going, gee, thanks. You know, just wow, man. The guy that gets, <laughs> the one that's blind, they do the same thing to him. And he goes, why do you want to know? Do you want to become his disciples? They said, what? Get out of here! And they kicked him out. <laughs> I like that guy. I want to meet that guy in heaven. Man, I had a conversation with him. <laughs> he didn't care. He knew what they were up to, the hypocrites. Somebody had given him his sight back. You want to play this game? I'll play this game with you. <laughs> oh no, they didn't find out from him where Jesus was. <laughs> anyway, in verse 12, uh, excuse me, verse 14. So, verse 13 says, And whatever you ask in my name, I will do. That I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, it can't get any plainer than this. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So you need to know, Jesus is doing it. That's why you use His name. Are you getting the connection? When you say in the name of Jesus, that's just not using a name. That's invoking the person behind the name. So when you say in the name of Jesus and you lay hands on the sick, Jesus is going, thank you. I'll take that. That's my hand. And you say in the name of Jesus and Jesus says, yes, it's me. And they will recover. Did you get that? So when the person receiving it, don't look at the person praying for you. If they say in the name of Jesus, then Jesus is behind them. You are receiving from Jesus. The person that's praying, it's not you, sweetheart. Jesus is using you. He's doing His thing through you now. And you just let it happen. What if it doesn't happen? It only happens to those who believe. You can't have that stuff snaking around in you. Get rid of that thought. If it doesn't happen, you might need to go recharge. Listen to me. That's all the problem there will be. Oh, but maybe you know my life. You know, fix all that up, please, before you come and pray for people. Don't do it while you're standing there. So if you turn up there and that happens, you rebuke it. Because you had time before, God would have spoken to you. Obviously this is not Him now. This is a distraction. You need to deal with these things. Amen? Mark chapter 8. I want to give you this scripture. Whatever Jesus can do, you can do. Can we get amen on that? Okay, so let's have a look here in Mark chapter 8 as we finish today. Then he came to Bethesda, and they brought a blind man to him, and begged him to touch him. Verse 23. So he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of town. Obviously there was a problem in town. And when he had spit on his eyes, Jesus, you spat on him? Anyway, and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. And Jesus said, no, 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 you know, that's it. That I've prayed for you once. I'm Jesus. That's it. Now you go away, confess the word. Is not what the next verse says. 
Listen to the next verse. Then he put his hands on his eyes again. <gasps> Jesus! Again? Where's your faith? Come on now. Can we deal with this once and for all? Okay? He put his hands on his eyes again. That would have made most word of faith mad. And he made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. There is my scripture for praying for you twice. (laughs) Amen? You need to come up here every Sunday. Come up here every Sunday. We'll keep laying hands on you until you have no hair left. (laughs) Then we'll cause it to come back now. (laughs) Okay? Listen, man. Whatever it takes, can we not let the devil get in the way of what God is trying to do? And let's not get so conceited that we think we've got it all. And if it didn't happen, it wasn't our fault. It's on their side. Hey, we all need to take a bit of responsibility somewhere. We need to be honest with ourselves. And we need to say, okay, that didn't work. Maybe I need to go, you know, maybe Energizer Bunny needs a bit more charge in his battery. So I need to go recharge. Give me a little while. It's okay, don't feel bad. Unless it's a terminal disease, they'll be there tomorrow. And the next week, just keep at it. Don't quit. Aren't we glad Jesus didn't say, well, you know, dude, at least you get to see something. Go get some corrective lenses. And they won't look like trees anymore. He didn't say that. He said, hang on a minute, let's do this again. I love that, that he did it again. I thank God Mark wrote it down. So don't you feel bad to lay hands on someone, no matter how many times. Your battle isn't with laws, it's with the devil. He doesn't get off, you come back with a bigger sword. Do you hear me? And you go at it again. And you don't be afraid to say, how is it? And the person replying, don't be afraid to say, nothing's changed. Okay, let's go at it again. And you need to ask yourself, have I got the faith? Is there a block here that I can move or do I need to get stronger and come back? Is the mountain in front of me bigger than the mountain inside me? The mountain of faith inside of you needs to be bigger than the mountain you are trying to move. When your mountain of faith becomes so massive that the mountain in front of you is a little molehill, it's time. It can't hang around. Amen? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment as the music begins to play. Father, we thank you today for the truths that have been revealed. Jesus, we are looking to you to heal, to restore.